Welcome to the Mile High Podcast. We are your guides through sordid tales of pop culture, drugs, and saying the word fuck a lot. Our show is best experienced under the influence of cannabis. So now is your cue to light up. Now remember, drugs are dangerous, so please don't hurt yourself or your loved ones. But do subscribe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mile High Podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, James Castlaw, and with me as, or James Thomas, and with me as always is my buddy Dave. I gave you the whole name. It's on my Zoom already. I didn't update it, so you know, now you know. Yeah, well, you were always concerned about uh, giving people your address, and so now literally they know who you are, you know, right. your, your zip code, where you grew up. They have it all. Not like they can't see it if they subscribe to us on Facebook. So, um, welcome. It is September 11, 2020. We are uh, still locked in everything, but on September 11th, we must do what we've had done for the last 19 years, and it is remember and honor those who lost their lives in the Twin Towers falling. And so, uh, here's our moment of silence. Now, not to get too much on a topical thing before we discuss the other thing, but I will point out that 200,000 people have lost their life this year to a COVID vaccine, which is 65 more times more people than died on September 11th. Uh, While we respect everything they do and everything, we have a real thing that we need to focus on. We'll definitely get into that later in the subject, but I'm going to use that as a lead for what I'm going to say next, which is if you like your podcast uh, politically passive or apolitical, tonight may not be the best time to listen to this particular podcast. We very much are apolitical most of the time, but we are talking current events. So if you don't want to know what we think or you're afraid that it's going to change your opinion on us because we all have opinions by all means, we have a lot of other material. Go watch one of the old podcasts. Go listen to James's games. Go check out uh, Santori What Now? Because tonight we're going to talk about some serious stuff. And not everybody's going to like what you have to say. With that said, we're going to start the show. And uh, what's up, Dave? Like, I, I did all the what? announcements. So, uh, yeah, now we can just you, talk. You took the words right out of my mouth. No, yeah, usually uh, we go to great lengths to make our shows really non-political because we have political shows for that. But uh, yeah, current events, it's hard to be apolitical when you're talking current events, but you know, also try, you know, cause we're not, we're not just strictly talking politics tonight. We're talking about just kind of the state of the world and um, you know, it's hard to dance around politics, but we'll do our best. Right. Right. Some of those things are hard to separate it. And when I realized this was a show we were doing, I didn't realize, I was like, oh, it's on September 11th. How, how accurate for that. Um, but before we get there, let's do some fun things. Let's knock some of our fun things out of the way. Uh, Dave, tell me about something that you've watched over the past couple of weeks since we talked that you want to talk about. Yeah. So um, when James and I were planning the show, we kind of talked about like, yeah, we both watched a bunch of stuff, but this is going to be kind of a, a more serious show. So um, I said, you know, let's, let's watch something that's, uplifting and wholesome and 
um, you know, not too dark. And so I watched a, a couple really great things that are excellent for the spirit, wholesome. Um, the first of which is a movie on uh, Netflix. It's a documentary called The Speed Cubers. And it's about a pair of world record holder um, Rubik's Cube uh, competitors. Uh, one of okay. which has autism. He's the, this kid named Max Park from uh, America, from the USA. And the, his rival is this dude from Australia named Felix Zendig. Um, and you think like, that uh, you know, they're rivals, and so they kind of uh, win bond or anything. But because uh, that Max Park kid, he's autistic, he like, really looks up to the Felix Zendig and the Australian kid like really took him under his wing. And so it's not even really a rivalry. It's just, you know, a couple of friends that are competitively speed cubing. Um, nice. It's a fascinating movie. It's like 45 minutes, real short, um, but it really makes you feel good. Um, and the other one, um, maybe you'll talk about this too, is another docuseries on Netflix called High Score. It's basically the history of video games. And right. I, you know, love it. It's great. It, no, it's a good it's a good series it's uh i would say one of the things and i've only watched the first episode but it wasn't it's not what you think you're going to get with a video game documentary it's a very in-depth documentary and it's telling the stories that are not constantly part of the lore you know it's not just talking to Miyamoto. yeah and they also talk about um some of the competitions like a lot of these video games had competitions and uh they'll do they'll follow someone who competed and won that particular contest? I thought that was a pretty. I fun. actually went to a, yeah, no, I actually I saw the uh, one of the videos of the Nintendo competitions, and I actually went to one of those at the Colorado, uh, the Denver Convention Center, like a long time ago. Where part of the challenge that we had to do is uh, it was Super Mario Brothers three. It was basically the Wizard Challenge. You know how fast can you get this done? to move on to the next level and everything. It was a lot of fun. My dad and I went on stage and we uh, did uh, Super Spike Volleyball on a big screen to try to win the game. We didn't win the game, but of course, because we did it on stage, we went up and uh, bought it. So you were, you were legitimately one of the best video game players growing up that I, I knew. Like, we have this other friend that lives a, a couple down, like right in between both James and I, when we were growing up, uh, that dude ended up being like a legit full-time gamer, uh, yeah. maybe not professionally, but he plays video games from dawn till dusk. But James growing up, he was fucking legit. A, a great video game player. Um, Super Mario brothers. Um, I remember playing Zelda and you were fucking killing it on Zelda. So huge kudos to you and your, your super Nintendo and your Nintendo skills there. Yeah, no, they definitely haven't carried on into future gaming systems. I'm like that old guy now. They're like, why do you need more than two buttons? Two buttons are all you ever needed. I could do this with an A and a B button. Um, but yeah, no, I, I could beat Super Mario Brothers 3 in uh, nine minutes, I think. That's crazy. Is the 9-11, strange. That was, is my uh, favorite video game of all time. Well, it's and a great it will game. all forever be. It's a, it's a great game. You know what Mario 64, though, I think is a, it really challenges it. Mario 64 is a well-designed game compared to what I thought when I first played it, when I first started playing it. But that's because you were getting into the controller. That was analog time. You know what I mean? Like, analogs were not our main controllers. You had them on the Playstations, 
but they were useless on the PlayStation unless you were driving or playing a sports-based game. Yeah, what's cool is uh, this is Mario's 35th anniversary, and so Nintendo is going to re-release Nintendo or uh, Mario 64 for the Switch. And that should be out in the next couple weeks, actually. Nice. Um, yeah, no, so those, those are a couple of good ones. So the two things I will bring up uh, before we get deep into our discussion of pop culture or current events, uh, the two things I would talk about is I absolutely – on the first day that I could buy it, I bought Bill and Ted's Face the Music because I am a Bill and Ted's fan to the point that I got to be honest, the other day I turned on Excellent Adventure after I'd watched Face the Music and I started doing things around the house and I literally, I came to the realization that like by just the audio of what's happening, I know the next lines. It's one of those movies that I know extremely well that I didn't think I knew as well as I know it. And I, I know it extremely well. Um, but Face the Music was good. It was, our friend D.W. does not agree with me. I know the problems he has with that movie. They're, they're Bill and Ted has grown up, man. They're 24 years older than when they made the movie the last time. So they're going to seem a little older. If you can get past that. I think it's a good movie. I definitely rec- recommend uh, watching it when you can, buying it if you choose to. I bought it with a package through Xfinity, and so I got the other two movies because I was like, well, what the hell? To buy it right now is $24. To buy it with the two movies on it was $32. I was like, well, shit, I'll have all three of the movies. So uh, that was a good one. And uh, I will say, I also saw a docuseries, which I don't know if it's good or not as far as like passively happy things, but I watched uh, Class Action Park on HBO Max, and it's the story of Action Park in New Jersey, one of my former homes, uh, which is uh, just a horrible theme park. A theme park ran rampant without any kind of rules, without any kind of insurance, uh, with ideas supported by a crazy man who uh, pretty much let every anybody do what they wanted to do, which very 80s. It's very the time that we grew up. You know, it was locked key kids. They said it was pretty much ran by teenagers. Class Action Park is a great, worthwhile documentary it, to learn about that park a little bit, but to really remember those of us who are latchkey key kids and who remember the 80s, it is right before we realized that regulations were important. And so, and it, it's, it's just fun. It, it, it reminds you of the past, or at least it did to me. So. Awesome. Yeah, I, I really want to see that documentary. Um, but for some reason, Amazon hasn't worked out all the details with HBO. So I yeah. don't have HBO Max or the Peacock. And I'm dying to see the, the Psych movie. And that's oh, only yeah. on the Peacock. See, and I have Peacock with, um, because I have Xfinity. They just gave it to me with it. But yeah, I don't know what's going on with Amazon and HBO Max. HBO Max is great. Uh, you know, a show we will talk about at another time is uh, Lovecraft Country which you're able to watch through HBO Max. Absolutely wonderful show. Probably one of the best shows I've seen this year. So funny story about that. Um, I'm in the middle, like I'm literally hit halfway point of this horror uh, novel that I'm writing. And I had come up with this idea like 
five years ago. I even wrote a screenplay. And so I'm turning the screenplay into a book. And it's about a certain thing called a sundown town. And it's a horror movie. They, and like, I got my inspiration from the sundown town from listening to a last podcast on the left. And they talked about sundown towns. Right. And if you don't know what that is, um, James, I know you do because you watch Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Um, and I'm sundown, from the South. Yeah, so. and you're from the South. Yeah, so basically, if you're uh, an African-American, it's a town that you don't want to be after sundown because right. uh, it will, will be very dangerous for you. Um, and so I put in this supernatural element into it. It's really fucking good. It's really fucking scary. And then I hear everybody talking about this Love, Lovecraft country, and they're talking about, yeah, man, it's first episode set in this sundown town. And it has this particular supernatural element happening. I'm like, what the fuck? That's, that's like really similar to my story. So um, I am purposely not watching it. So I have plausible deniability. If anybody's like, oh, it's pretty similar to Lovecraft Country. Nice. Nice. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Have you already, but you already have it written, right? Uh, I'm halfway there. I, well, okay. I have the screenplay. Yeah. And I'm halfway done with the, the actual novelization part of it. When you're done as a writer and as a critique or a critiquer of film and television, you will you will absolutely love it. And history, you like history. It has all the things that you like. It's one of those things that I would tell you. I watch a lot of suspense and horror and bases like that, and very often I can tell you what's going on before it happens. You know what I mean? Like I know, oh, this is what it's trying to do. This is a good enough show that I am catching on to it, onto what I need to catch on to at the exact moment i need to catch on to it for someone who follows stories and pop culture and things like that like me for me to catch on to it right when i'm supposed to is a huge like excitement for me i'm like you have done you've weaved a well enough story that as the characters are figuring it out i'm figuring it out instead of because you played the same kind of narrative games we can figure out what's going to happen like 10 steps before so as we said yeah, no, definitely worthwhile. HBO Max, man, it's pretty solid. It has Doctor Who and Harley Quinn. I mean, that's I heard enough. Nothing for me. but good stuff about Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's amazing. It's the best cartoon show. It may be the best, and I love DC on CW. It's maybe the best DC thing that's on television at the moment. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, I gotta feed so, this next week because next week we're talking about cartoons. Ah, see, and that'll be perfect. And it'll because it's an adult base, it'll be interesting. Um, so we're gonna talk about what we're smoking, and then we're gonna go into that stuff that nobody always wants to hear about the the tough, scary stuff about the world that we try to deny. Um, I am smoking sour cookies, which is uh, sativa, of course. Um, and I got it from Livewell. You know what? There was a uh, Livewell's really close to my house, and uh, I, I get kind of tired of natural roots, native roots, native roots. Native roots and so, yeah. And so I'm like, nah, I'm going to go to Livewell. And I've been pleasantly surprised. That's where I got uh, Audrey too. Like Livewell has become my go-to place out of pure laziness, but, it, <laughs> but it, it's good got stuff. good weed. Yeah, no, they do. I am very, uh, very big fan. What are you smoking, Dave? Yeah. So I'm uh, going back to one of my regulars. I go to Rocky road quite often. Uh, they don't have a lot of deals, which kind of rubs James the wrong way. But I have to say, man, I'm smoking this Crescendo Number 11. It's a hybrid. 
Uh, I like sativas, but they had some real, really excellent uh, hybrids that they recommended. So I actually went hybrid tonight. So if I fall asleep in about 10 minutes, you know, it was the indica kicking in. Right. Um, it's that indica strand. Yeah. But Rocky Road, man, they have some pretty legit pre-rolls. I mean, like 25 to 30% THC, you know, I know. And Courtney's going to come on next week. Who's our resident weed expert. And she's going to say, you know, it's not about the THC, but I mean, they're, they're stuff's pretty good. Their THC is pretty high and it knocks you down pretty good. Courtney is somebody that I quote on a relatively constant basis about that all the time. It is probably of everything that we've ever done in any of our shows. It's the one piece of information that I carry along with me and I share on a constant basis. Yeah, she's a cool chick. And that was, Are you, you know, still there? Good advice. <gasps> Did I lose Dave or am I not on the internet? I hear you. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, oh, back. no, Dave's there. <laughs> We're there. Don't worry. I was like, did I lose Dave or am I not on the internet? What's going on here? So, uh, yeah, but Courtney, I, I quote all the time. I'm super excited she's going to be on next week. I yeah. forgot. I, I pay no attention to what's going on next um, because I'm so busy paying attention to what the hell's going on in this world. It's so big. I don't even know where the hell to start, so I'm just going to throw a bunch of shit out there. We have a pandemic that has killed over – Almost 200,000 people will probably kill uh, 400,000 people by the end of this year. Uh, we have race protesting going on on a constant basis uh, because cops are killing black people on the street. We have fires that are burning around this country. Uh, we had snow in the middle of September. I mean, we... The world is weird, and uh, I don't know. Pick one. Which one do you want to talk about, Dave? <laughs> you, I don't. Let's start. Uh, let's get the the elephant out of the way. Let's get this pandemic out of the way. Because much like me, I just want it to be over with. Right. Yeah. It's scary though. Fauci even said, like Fauci's out here talking now that uh, we will not know. We will not be back to any kind of normal level to the end of 2021, which in my mind, that math kind of works. Uh, but it doesn't mean it's not scary. Yeah. What is normal though? You know, what is he talking yeah. about normal? What's going to be our new normal? I, what's normal today is not going to be what's normal in two weeks, in two months, definitely not by 2021. So it, that's kind of a, a misleading statement where you're like, it's going to be back to normal by 2021, but we don't really know what the normal is. Right. Cause it's not normal. Like the way that we've known it, uh, be at any time before. So what is normal? What, what do you think normal is? I shit. I don't know, man. It's not caring. It's not having to think about things like this. It's being the normal aloof Americans that we were like, listen, and it's so weird to talk about it specifically on September 11th, but there is a dramatic difference unless you lived in the city of New York on September 11th about how that affected this country and about how a pandemic like this has affected this country. And let, let me make this clear, because I know that's probably like an offensive statement to people, but that fundamentally changed lower Manhattan and the lives of the people who passed on that. But if you're outside of New York, war actions we've seen before 
war actions are normal. They don't normally have it on our soil. That made it a little scarier, but not something that we haven't seen before. This pandemic has killed going on 200,000 people. We don't know how to handle it in this country, and it is fundamentally going to change our way of life. September 11th did not fundamentally change our way of life just because I had to take my shoes off in an airport, in an airplane. That is not everybody's way of life. This will touch everyone. This will touch everyone in the way that they live. Um, mask will be a thing going forward. Not a required thing, but a socially engineered things. thing. This will be something that will happen going forward. I think the new normal is... I think it's confidence, Dave. What's normal when people are confident to go out? And people aren't confident to go out right now, and rightfully so, you know, um, when they're truly confident. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to build that confidence back. Like, it, it's hard because it's like, you know, things are starting to open up, and uh, we've been locked down for so long that anything that opens up, you know, I trust our, our governor, which is, you know, you know, take that as you will. I trust our governor has, uh, you know, the best scientific information and he's opening up um, in the right way. And so like when they open up theaters, I went and I've seen a couple movies, which um, I will definitely be talking about tenant next week. Uh, but restaurants open up. I'll go and visit a restaurant. We're going tomorrow uh, for lunch at a restaurant downtown. Like I, one, I, I'm feeling confident that we're doing things the right way. Uh, but also because I want to support these businesses. I don't want them to go away. Right. Well, and, and here's the thing. I, my, I'm definitely, and this is where you and I play just slightly different on that because I won't eat in a restaurant. Um, I, would, I have sat outside of a uh, fat, no, what, five guys on their outside tables, and I've eaten, but I'm big on supporting the local communities. But that's what I mean. The confidence, there will be people who have different levels of confidence and it makes sense for you because you work out in the world on a pretty regular basis that the first people who are going to go out and re move back to normal, who get that confidence first should be you guys. I would hope it would be the people who live work out there at the moment because uh, everything that we do we do from home here you know I, I work from home my wife works from home uh so well and you know we're like you said but um my confidence also comes like our circumstances are, are very different like you are near someone who is sick and it, you know if they were to get covid then that would be it there's no right way coming back for it you know, I, you know, my family is fairly healthy. I'm healthy. Uh, so I can be more confident and take a little bit more risk. Whereas um, you have to, your, your confidence is going to come back later because you have uh, more at risk, I guess, like for a better term. Right. Well, and, and I, and I, I like to reference everything to Disney. So I'm going to reference it back to my personal experience at Disney. I was at Disney uh, I was working at Walt Disney World after September 11th. This is, I mean, you want to hear my story. I was uh, working, I was actually working at Mirrors Transportation and working uh, part-time at Disney World on September 11th, but after September 11th. People don't understand. It took a minute for airlines to fill up. 
it took a minute for those parks to fill up like a good minute like when i left florida i would say that the parks were at 70 percent capacity to where they would normally be at that time purely on shaken confidence after what happened after september 11th us getting out and deciding to do things like go to parks uh, in mass numbers in the way that we were used to going to movie theaters. I mean, was your movie theater packed, Dave, or was it just you? No, it was probably about 15 people in the big IMAX theater. So, right. um, one, it was snowing. I wonder if that affected it. But um, actually, more people than I figured would be there. I thought, you know, me and my kid would be the only ones there. And there were about 15 people there. It was quiet, though. Oh, man, I've never been to a movie theater where popcorn's not popping and People are talking and milling around. Uh, soda's getting pumped. Like, that was gone. It was quiet as a library in there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, and that's, I mean, that's really what it is. It's this change, and it's and we're not done with it yet. You know what I mean? That's the thing that's killer about this pandemic and such a shaker is that we're about to hit flu season. It, it's going to get, of everything that, the president had said the one thing he meant when he talked about warmth yeah warm times are better for things like covid and the flu not to rise but we didn't complete it before flu season came so now we're going to deal with the flu and covid the numbers are going to get high we're about to see spikes again we're, we're, it's about you're about to see us completely revert to maybe not march and april numbers but I think we're going to be pretty damn close on some of these areas. I think we're, people are going to be very surprised as flu season hits, how bad this is going to get again. Yeah. What's unfortunate is it's going to hit the cold weather cities first because it's going to start driving people inside. Right. And it's just going to go down. And right now the, the Southern half, the warm weather areas, it, it's eventually they're still growing right now. They're, you know, amongst the worst in the world. And right. they're still growing. And so when you have the, uh, the surge that's going to happen from these cold weather cities converging with the warm weather south, it's, you know, we're going to see a big ramp up in December, January, especially since there's holidays. People are going to have a false sense of security and start traveling for the holidays. And that's right. just going to make everything worse. Right. Well, uh, that's the thing. People don't understand, man. Like flus and uh pneumonia and like colds uh try to kill us a lot and they're very successful already so this argument about covid now team not being as dangerous listen it's more dangerous than the regular flu and the regular flu kills us a lot so we don't need more bacteria or you know we don't need we don't need more things to fight and unfortunately covid is going to be a fight that i think uh is going to go on for a long time regardless. Yeah. It's so unfortunate because people right now are already at their breaking point and then add on another five, six months onto yeah. that and making even you know, worse, you know, people are going to lose their mind. I mean, this is really scary to think about. And this might even segue to our next topic, man. It's like, this is all going to come to a head in November. And sure. the election in November, it's a fucking powder keg, man. And I'm so scared. Uh, you know, even no matter who wins, yeah, you know, it could be, it could go either way. And this place could very well explode. And 
I am scared to death about that. I and and yeah, that can absolutely be what we talk about. We can talk about the election. Um, I will say, yeah, COVID is going to be. You're going to see its strength. The middle of the COVID thing is going to happen, like you said, right around election time. Uh, we're definitely going to have some questions with vaccines. We're all very close to becoming Jack Torrance's, and it's going to become winter, and that's not necessarily a great thing for, but it's something else that we're just going to have to push through because it's going to be a while. It's I wouldn't be surprised if we're kind of in the same place June of next year. You know what I mean? Regardless of who gets in. And that's going to – the response to that is going to be – a factor even oh, even yeah. in the COVID need, needs, you know, how serious we take it and everything. But it, there definitely is a powder cake that's about to explode. And we're sending Mike Santori right into the heart of it. We, we are, are, we're kind of asshole that way. Yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely seeing, uh, we want to see how the world, how it is. Because, uh, and let me, the powder cake that's about to explode is, this election is going to emotionally drive a lot of people crazy. It's going to probably emotionally drive me a little crazy, regardless of what happens. Um, I don't necessarily think we're going to go to civil war in the streets about it. I think, I think if Joe Biden wins, and I know I, I, I apologize to all of our conservative friends. You're not going to like what I have to say about you. I think if Joe Biden wins, We'll have some smart-ass Democrats uh, that would be like, oh, see, you all suck, dummies. But I think most of the Democrats would be like, fuck, we're just happy the guy's out. Let's just shut up and just move on through. I think that is an optimal solution because if Trump wins, people are going to be mad and the people who support Trump are going to be like, fuck you, dude. You saw Trump rules four more years. And I think so. I think there are two different... I, If Trump wins, it's a very, very st- stressful time. Now, with that said, I think that the uh, House and the Senate will completely go blue, so it doesn't matter. If he wins, he's fucked on that aspect. But I think just emotionally for this country, I think it says, I, I think it sets a pr- bad tone about who we are as a country, quite honestly, if we do it again. I think what set a bad tone is the fact that after everything that's happened over the last three years, the dude is still right around the same, yeah. the same like uh, level percentage of people who like him that has not wavered in right. three years, no matter what you throw at him, <laughs> all this shit. And right. he's, when he fucking said, that he can go out and shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue. That dude wasn't fucking around. You know, that was, it sounded like a joke, but he wasn't fucking around, man. I mean, right. his people don't give a shit about what's going on. No. They, you know, hopefully there are, uh, you know, some more of the, the fringe, uh, not really the fringe, like the more mainstream conservatives uh, bordering on independence. You know, hopefully they, you know, spin off into like libertarian territory or even uh biden right bless you bless you yeah um all right i was the one who took the hit why are you sneezing so much that's crazy 
but I, yeah, no, I, I think, I think people are going to vote for Biden, you know, and I was wrong about Trump. I will take it. I will give it 100% <clears throat> like Halloween 2016. I'm telling this lady in Las Vegas, there's no way the American people would vote for Donald Trump. And, uh, four days later, I was like, well, fuck, I was completely wrong about that. Everybody was, man. Yeah. He was, he thought <laughs> he was going to lose. Yeah. And yeah, it, I don't know. I'm so, I'm really nervous about this election because, you know, just how it's being attacked at all levels. Like the credibility is already being attacked for no sure. reason other than because they're, these guys are in a bad spot. And so they want to question it now and set the stage for, you know, arguing it against uh, for the Supreme court or like saying like, these are invalid results because there's massive voter fraud when, you know, the numbers just don't support it. I mean, since 2000, uh, it was 2006, there was like over 2 billion votes cast and only 43 um, prosecuted instances of voter fraud, right. that were like intentional voter fraud. And so that's like, you know, 0.0000000043 of a chance that uh, our election is going to be rigged or, you know, these are going to be fraud, fraudulent forms. But isn't our election rigged anyhow? Listen, of the past seven elections, uh, the Republicans only, the Republicans lost the popular vote in six of them. And they maintained the presidency for three of those. So our elections are already rigged. It's, it's, already, it's not a representative democracy. We all know that because it's not. It's a republic. But the way that it's got played out, listen, you ask me right now, will Donald Trump win the election next, on November? I'm like, I don't know. Will he win the popular vote? No. Fuck no. He's nowhere near winning the popular vote. And how do we live in a country where the popular vote, where, where a majority of people who decided to vote in let this be a promotion to vote. I don't give a shit if you vote for Donald Trump. I don't give a shit if you vote for Joe Jorgensen. I don't give a shit if you vote for Joe Biden. But for God's sakes, go out and vote because if you don't vote, you are not dealing in, a, in the representative type of government that you want. And so I personally believe if everybody voted, then we get who we wanted to get and we would become a better country on that. I don't know if that would be Trump. I personally don't think it would be. <laughs> I think Biden would win by a landslide if everybody voted, but everybody, I don't care who you vote for, vote. We gotta do it every time. Yeah, and it's super important. Uh, the last election was really won and lost by people not voting. And sure, both candidates had really low um, like likability factors, but you know, those few million people, if we would have gotten even 1% of those people who didn't vote, it would have swung the election. Especially in like in states like Michigan and Wisconsin, Ohio, like the amount of people who voted for Obama versus who voted for Clinton was like way down. Like they just didn't vote this time around. And that was, that was it. Like you, he won 10 by 10,000 votes in Wisconsin right. or uh, Michigan. I right. mean, and you have 35,000 people who didn't vote uh, in this election. I mean, it would have swung the entire election, just that one state. Yeah. I mean, everybody votes count. This is, in elections like this, everybody's vote counts. Right. 
Right. And it, and you get the government that you want by voting. And so like, that's why I said, I don't care who you vote for. Let it be, if it has to be Trump, let it be Trump. I don't know why you would. Listen, and let me say this. If Trump was right now hosting the Celebrity Apprentice, I would be watching that shit. I loved when Trump hosted hosted the Celebrity Apprentice. This is not a personal affront to Trump as a person. He is somebody that has been tabloid fodder for since since I was a child, as long as I can remember. Sometimes he was obnoxious. Sometimes he was fun, as most obnoxious people are. He was fun on The Apprentice. He was fun when he showed up in uh, Home Alone 2. He was fun when he showed up in songs. He created such a actually smart brand that he had set until he ran for president. Every problem I have with Trump has entirely to do with what he's done as president of the United States. This is not a personal vendetta against somebody who I really enjoyed on The Apprentice. I thought he was great. This is a problem because of how I believe our country was planned to be run and how I believe he's run it. And I really feel like he's been like a little nymph just running around our damn our dam of a government and being like hey what is, is this a hole and then he just pokes a hole in it and there and a hole starts going through and people have to chase if nothing else at the end of his term the flaws in the systems the holes we see it now you know on both sides the right and the left things that we've let go for way too long that's why this is a consequential election because the country is fundamentally going to change after this election. The difference is I don't think Donald Trump truly has a plan. I think he's just poking holes in a dam. I think Joe Biden has a plan. Is it a perfect plan? No, but it's not wishing. It's, it's, it's voting. You don't get perfect. Yeah, I uh, would call Joe Biden vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Because like sometimes you just need some vanilla ice cream. He's not going to ruffle feathers. Uh, is he the most exciting guy I know? But he is bland. And right now, this, the country needs bland. This country needs somebody who will take some leadership. And he may not be Obama when he speaks, um, but he'll say with sincerity, um, you know, he'll give direction. He'll have a, a plan. Whether the plan is a perfect plan or not, probably won't be perfect. But you know, there are so many holes you, like, that he has to fill that not everything is going to be perfect. Right. Uh, but he's just—he's not offensive. He's just bland vanilla ice cream. And right now, I could really go for some vanilla ice cream. Yeah. No. No. I mean, I, I think that's a perfect uh, representation of Joe. I think, and he's—he's he's compassionate and. I think he can sympathize with people. And, you know, we don't want this to be just a promoting Joe, but clearly we, we listen, we supported Joe. We support Joe on this thing, not because he's a Democrat, but because he's exactly who we need right now. Uh, and so there you go. You got our political biases out of the way, but um, no, I think he's, I think He's sympathetic, and I think that's what the country needs right now, to a certain degree. I think, but but things will change. Things will fundamentally change. And and let's discuss that. Let's let's remove the the Donald out of this. We are discussing some things that have established themselves over this year 
that we need to look at. And we're going to kind of, we're going to play futurist for a minute, Dave. So this is a James the, games. It's a, it's a, it's a mini game. It's a mini game. Do, 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 do. By the way, check I, out James's games on our YouTube channel. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. I'm looking forward to the next one. It's going to be a good one. Um, so we're going to play a little bit of futurist because uh, there are problems that Donald Trump either created, exposed, or just somebody else created. He either exposed it or created the virus and our ability to respond to that is one. This country has uh, healthcare has it's been showing now that like healthcare is something that we are in a very bad place for in this country. If anything serious happens, you know what I mean, like. if anything serious happens, we're fucked. And normal everyday life where like some people scrape their knees and, you know, little sickness here and there, only some of the population is fucked. But something big, we're all fucked. We're all fucked. And so what do you think? Where are we going to end up with this? Because it's something that I don't care if it's Trump or Biden, somebody's going to have to address this in the next year. Uh, Healthcare can't continue going on as it is in this country. No, especially when a lot of these COVID medical bills start coming due, you're going to start seeing some major right. foreclosures. You're going to start seeing uh, massive debt going up. So they're going to have to fix healthcare. And I think if it's, if the pendulum swings one way, um, I think the groundwork will be laid for, a nationalized healthcare system. Um, but if the pendulum swings the other way, it's going to basically be what we have right now. It's not going to change whatsoever. Right. Yeah, no, I, well, but it, it, it may be something, and it's not because it's a Republican swing. I honestly think if you have the right Republican in there and this problem happened, they would be making a healthcare push. Republicans used to care about the healthcare push. They did for years and years and years, pretty much until Hillary brought it up in 1994. Republicans are like, we need to take care of healthcare. And then she was like, and they're like, no, fuck you, Hillary. <laughs> we, we, now we hate healthcare. Yeah, but that's not um, really the direction but, yeah. that they're going. I, I mean, yeah. Trump has set the, you know, what's important to them is law and order and immigration. Everything else is on right. the back burner. So they might have been the party of healthcare, but that's not something that is important to them right now. No, um, but it is something that's well, going to have to be addressed. Yeah, and that's just my opinion, of course. And you know, I'm a very opinionated person, and that's that's just where I see it stands. I yeah, I think it's going to be um, here's before we. I'm going to play another little futurist part of this. Here's what I don't think the right understands. Uh, to a degree. Here's a prediction that I'll have. If I'm correct and we win the House and the Senate, which I do believe we will, uh, pretty evenly, we run into a situation where we almost have enough votes to evict him, but it almost seems like the worst thing to happen, and I don't think the right understands this, is if we start passing bills that are overwhelmingly popular to the American people. Donald Trump never has to run again. Okay? 
So these Democrat socialist bills that are overwhelmingly popular right at this time, he will sign. He will sign with a big, stupid Donald Trump signing ceremony, but we don't care because he's not concerned about setting it up for Don Jr. or Ivanka or anything. He pretends like he is, but he couldn't give a fuck. If he, if he really got in there and we had a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate and they started passing popular bills and putting them on his desk, he will turn on a dime and start signing those bills because he doesn't really care. He doesn't care about anything. That's if it makes pretty... him popular. If if people clap, think about it. That's all he wants. If people clap, if people are like, New York Times is like, fuck yeah, Donald Trump signs stimulus bill that gives people everybody health care that the Democrats pass through. And Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer would be like, yeah, Donald, take all the credit. We don't give a fuck. I'm just saying, don't vote for him on that aspect. But there is a 60%. I, I'd go as far as say there's a 60% chance that I'm right about that. He, he can't run again. He's really old. He just loves when people loved him, love him. And if the small group who loved him before hate him now, he doesn't give a fuck. And he doesn't believe he'll, they'll hate him. He believes he already has them. So when he switches to this liberal signing all their bills, he just thinks they'll go along with him. And who knows? Maybe they will. They go along with some crazy shit. They, I mean, they do. They go along with some crazy shit. Um, something else that needs to be addressed, and I'm going to throw it over to you on this one, Dave. All right. We have a mortgage and a rental crisis in this country. And they've, they've said, oh, you don't have to pay your rent this month. You don't have to pay your mortgage this month. Okay, that's great. There will come a point, be January, be a June of next year, People are going to get that note from their landlord, mortgage company, lender, that says, hey, glad that you made it through COVID. You owe us $14,326. What do we do? What do we do? And it's a broader question because not everybody's working. Not everybody can work. Universal basic income, when Yang showed up in the end of last year, you know, it's July 2019. Yang's like, I Yang, Yang, let's do universal basic income. And us Democrats are like, oh, yeah, we've talked about it, man. But come on, really. it's It's been a year. And here's where we are. What happens, Dave? Are we going to wipe out that debt? Are we going to give some universal basic income? How do you maintain not only a poverty class, but a middle class? Well, that's a pretty deep question there i wasn't quite prepared for that uh so it, it everything depends on what happens on november 4th so if if the the house and the senate go blue then emergency the first couple weeks will be some sort of rental insurance or mortgage um assistance or rental assistance um if the, like I said, the pendulum swings the other way, then that's not a priority. And people are just going to let folks get kicked out on the street. Uh, so what happens after that? You know, I love the idea of a uh, basic income. It's worked really well in some European company countries. Uh, but it comes down to there's going to be so much opposition, you know, calling it, you know, more socialism. And that's still a forbidden word around these parts. And so 
it won't happen anytime soon. I'm talking like decades, a couple decades. Really? You don't think it'll happen? I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but uh, I'm going to use this pendulum uh, analogy. So our government is like a, a constantly swinging pendulum. Sometimes you have, it hits its apex where you have the Donald Trumps of the world and then it starts to go back towards the center. So you have folks like Jimmy Carter or Ronald Reagan and then it starts going up and you have Bill Clinton. And so it keeps going up higher and higher. And so now we hit the apex on the right and we're about to swing back. And so Joe Biden is kind of like that middle of the uh, pendulum uh, and then as soon as it goes up, it's going to be someone who is equal to Donald Trump, but in a more progressive way. So, you know, you're going to see your AOC, uh, you know, someone who is super progressive is going to be the next Democratic president after Biden. And that's just how it goes. And then it's going to start swinging back the other way. Uh, I would agree. I think um, I think Biden will go if Biden wins. He'll go in and have the most progressive agenda of any. He already has the most progressive platform of any Democratic in history or Democrat in history. Um, I think you're going to get a lot of heat from the far left on that. I've got to be honest because they like credit and it's going to really piss them off that Joe Biden gets credit for this. Uh, they're going to be like, "Fuck Biden! Why did it have to be Biden? It was Bernie's to be or AOC's down." But um, I don't know. I disagree with you on universal basic income. I have to say, I think it happens quick. I don't think they have an option. I think, I don't think they have an option. I, jobs aren't coming back as quickly. People aren't going to go back out as quickly. Whole companies are shutting down. You know what I mean? Like the end of this will dramatically affect our retail market and the way that we used to do jobs and everything. Uh, I think universal basic income. And I think, it won't be the universal basic income as a forever thing when it first comes out. But I think what you will see is a bailout of the, of the American people. I think if Joe Biden gets in there and this is what Republicans are scared of, and we're going to, we're going to discuss this. We're going to get into this part of it. Um, Cause I want to know what you think, but this is, this is what they're scared of. Uh, we are going to bail out the American people. We are going to give people enough money to help, rebuild their lives as we did for auto industries as we did for uh airline industries as we did for the train system as we did for uh numerous different uh points in this country we're gonna do it to the american people i think it'll start with a year of so much a month for the people to get back on their feet uh it it, but it creates a fear and this is what i want to ask you about dave what do you think of this fear like the fear of somebody not working, uh, the fear that let's say everybody gets $1,500 a month. You decide to keep working, but somebody else is like, you know what, man, I can live on $1,500 a month. I'm just not going to work. And it's the fear that you're paying for that guy. What do you think of that fear? Is, is it a legitimate fear in your mind? Really? Is it something that really, it, it, how much are you really paying for that guy to live that month? As a individual taxpayer, like 0.00000001% of that $1,500 he's getting a month. What do you think of that fear? What do you think of the right sphere of that? I, I don't have much fear because, you know, what, you, what kind of quality of life are you going to have in this 
country where inflation uh, is occurring at ever-increasing levels. You know, that $1,500, you're not going to have a high quality of life. And it, it's shown that people who right now who are on um, food stamps and welfare, they're working their ass off. They're having multiple jobs, and they still need government assistance just to put food on the table, heat in their house. Um, so I, I'm not concerned about that whatsoever. There's going to be people who take advantage of it. And then you're going to, that's going to be balanced by the person who is working extra hard. You know, it, it's all a balance. But that's um, a fear. That's their fear. What do you think about that? Well, uh, like I want, I, I was kind of wondering, like, what do you think, what drives that part of their fear? What, what do you think really drives that part of their fear of like, fuck that guy's going to get something that he didn't work for. What drives that fear? Uh, I don't really know. I, I think it's all mindset. Like, Hey, I'm doing it the right way and they're doing it the wrong way, but they don't see like this person, you know, is struggling. Right. And they don't, they don't see that aspect. They just see like, this guy's not working, but they don't know what, what the situation is. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I really don't understand where the fear is. And I don't understand why people are like really coming down on folks with like snap benefits. It's not like, you know, this single mom is fucking buying steaks and shit for her kids. I mean, uh, you know, why, why do they need to take a piss test? Like there's more coked out people in Congress than there are on welfare right now. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. No. So I think, I think that's what we're going to see. I think there, I think that's going to be absolutely they're going to have to focus on going forward. Um, let's, let's shift slightly away from politics and let's talk about act of God. Let's talk about, uh, I mean, fire, global warming is something that's, that we are dealing with every single year, whether or not people like to admit it. We, this is not how we grew up. We grew up in Colorado, Dave. If it's 1984 and you're going into Halloween, I mean, how serious of a winter are you looking at in the 1980s? Almost every winter in the 1980s. Oh, oh dude, we always had to buy the Halloween costumes a size bigger because we always wore over snowsuits. It was always snowing uh, right. all the time. And that, was, that wasn't the first snowfall either. No. And it stayed. It was a winter season. And the, and the first time I – the one time I really noticed it is when I lived in Jersey for a while, which still has a very winter season. It snows. There's snow on the ground for, like, months, which is what it used to be like in Colorado. You know, it used to be like we would have snow on the ground for quite some time because it would keep snowing. We would constantly have snow and snow and, and bigger, longer storms. And when I came back from Jersey, I was like, what, how weird. Do we only get three storms uh, a season here in Colorado of snow that lasts for, like, two days? So, uh yeah, global warming is another thing that, you know, when we talk about current events, this is a fucking current event, like global warming. This is this is uh, more of an issue other than the pandemic, the election, all that shit combined, because this is, this is setting the course for our civilization going right. forward. And the effects of global warming, uh, when I went back to school and I studied science, uh, my expertise, I guess, was climate change. And so this is a, a subject I'm very passionate about. I mean, it, it's so aggravating that people are still denying the effects of climate change. And for what? There's, re there's literally no reason why people shouldn't embrace climate change because 
there are so many trillions of dollars within green technologies uh, going away from fossil fuels and building green technologies. I mean, there's millions upon millions of jobs. There's trillions of, uh, trillions of dollars into our economy and we're saving the environment. And I just don't understand why people are fighting it. Right. It's something that will have to be addressed. This is something, these are all things that are laying out. Like I think a lot of stuff that was supposed to happen over 20 years or 30 years, we're going to have to address in the next year. Um, and climate change, that fires, man. There are two problems with fires. One, we start way too many fires of our own. And two, we put out way too many fires that we shouldn't. Absolutely. And you can see in Colorado the effects of climate change because the, the winters are not getting cold enough in the mountains. And so the pine beetle is just devastating all these forests. And that's a direct uh, correlation with climate change. It's just not getting cold enough, long enough up there anymore. And so the pine beetles are just taking over the forest. And so one little spark, man, and it just ignites. And we are having some massive fires here in Colorado. Thankfully, it snowed really fucking strange. It's still summer in Colorado, and it snowed like three inches at my place. I mean, I mean, it's... I just don't understand what people are holding back for. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. The snow was really strange. It's just, it's 2020 has been a tough year. Um, and let's, let's kind of close it down a little bit with like some, something fun, but not fun. The pop culture that you and I like, what do you think that this year, has done to our pop culture as far as like television and movies and the way we intake them. And what do you expect to see in pop culture two years from now, which would be a kind of representation of now? What do you think? I mean, you, you get what I'm talking about. Movies, TV, yeah. what do you think? So I think 2020 is going to be forever known for the zoom show like ours. Right. I mean, everything is done on Zoom or whatever, Microsoft Teams or whatever it is. You know, everything from like the late shows to the Today Show to your morning news, everything is on Zoom. And so it's going to be known for the Zoom show. Um, and it's also going to be known for some big losses, man. Chadwick Boseman was a real big loss. And yeah. now it just, I mean, the whole year's been full of them. It has been. And I think it's going to be known as the year that killed theaters as we know it. I know you hate to hear that, but I think it kills it. I think theaters will exist in some fashion, but I'm going to say theaters will not exist in the fashion that they did before. And Disney Plus nudged along the way. I don't know the numbers for Mulan yet, but I bet you it's a shit ton of money. Enough where they're like, why would we release this in theaters? Yeah, and uh, I definitely think that theaters as we know it they're going away for sure yeah and so why would you release a bill and ted into a theater and pay all those millions of dollars in marketing when you could just send it straight to your house and you pay 20 bucks so the movie theaters are literally going to be for superhero movies and big ass christopher nolan movies right. and ridley scott movies and mike steven spielberg movies it's not going to be a bunch of different types of movies it's going to be blockbuster after blockbuster and that's all you're going to see at the theaters and all the other stuff the indie movies 
um, the more introspective pieces, the documentaries, they're just going to go straight to your house. And there'll right. be some art houses here and there, but those are going to pretty much go away too. And I think that you'll see Disney. I think the weird thing about Disney is I think they'll kind of split it up. I think they'll have a tier system. Like Avengers movies, for the most part, get released in theaters. But Black Widow movies, I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, that movie was good, though. That movie was good. But I think it does, but I think they may just put it out on Disney+. Plus. You know what I mean? Dude, I would Black... pay money for that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And but and that's probably where they look at it. Like we're gonna put Black Panther two once we figure out what we're gonna do with the story in the theater, but Black Widow we will start on streaming service. And I think that's a model that's gonna look weird in the future. Yeah, uh, I think there's got to be some done with the the price of the movies though. Like I'm not gonna watch Mulan. I I could care less about Mulan for thirty bucks, five ninety nine. Yeah, right. I do care about Mulan for five ninety nine. I don't care enough about Bill and Ted for twenty bucks, but I do care about it for five ninety nine. So I think that as the as it evolves, that they should have like a you know rent for twenty four hours for ten bucks or buy it for twenty bucks. So have an option for people like me who you know they want to see it, but they just they don't want to buy it. They just want to you know see it for the night. Um, I think that they're missing on some. Some potential revenue that way. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, and I can see that that's a level of price point. There are things that I want to see. Listen, I haven't paid to see Mulan yet. I haven't, and I partially because of the login situation with my Disney Plus, and I don't remember everything. And I don't want to go through that pain in the assness of like rechanging my password. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll just leave it where it is. But too, because I, I like you, I'm excited to see Mulan, but it's not something that I'm rushing out to see. Uh, it would be a lot different. Listen, Beauty and the Beast was my favorite uh, animated movie that Disney has pretty much ever done. And so to see the live action would, was important for me. I probably would have paid for it. I would have paid for an Avengers. I'd pay to see uh, Black Widow, even. So... Uh, but I haven't paid for Mulan, and I may or may not. You know, as the weeks go on, the farther I'm, the closer I am to it being free, is weighed out against the farthness of how much it is to rent it. You know, and I'm, it's it's it became how I rent things off of like Xfinity, those yeah. kind of movies. I'm, like I'm right there with you. Movie. And uh, the thing about these Disney movies too is they're not getting real good reviews, and so they're kind of taking like Mulan even as you know, big as it is, uh, kind of got, didn't get the greatest reviews. And then, right. uh, the fucking, the kids movie that they put out right beforehand, like Artemis Fowl, maybe it was got horrible reviews. I mean, they're not really getting really terribly good reviews on these. So maybe they're putting their the stuff that they know is not going to test real well. They're going to put that on the Disney plus, but right. they're like a plus stuff. They'll send to the theaters. Sure. Sure. And it depends on how they, how they look at it. Uh, what they, and that's what I mean, the tier system of their movies. You'll see that. Uh, Dave, is there anything else that, like on current events that you specifically wanted to talk about? Man, I have not. We have talked about so much stuff. Right. Oh, I think I will say, because I am an author with audiobooks, 2020 is the year of the audiobook. This is the year where audiobooks became like mainstream and uh as an author with audiobooks out there i am very excited for that 
What audiobooks, Steve? Where, where, where could we find said audiobooks? You can find my audiobooks on Audible. It is The Race Through Space by David Hawk, as well as The Christmas Roast by David Hawk, voiced by Trevor Wilson. Awesome. That was a good promo, and that was a great segue. Um, and with that, it feels like it's perfect. I, I agree with you. I think uh, it, it, people still go out and go with books, but libraries are still kind of iffy because of COVID and everything. People have gotten much more comfortable to listen to audio books. Yeah, you know, I, I yeah, I listened to this one about uh, uh, the Mickey's Ten Commandments. You know, of course, everything I listen to is, is about Disney. So, and the, their business practices. I'm like, oh yes, tell me more about your business practices. You think it would be like something more magical but i'm like oh so you signed a contract in 1983 then you sold most of your shares and roy bought them back so i don't know i have a weird connection with that company um let's do some promos let's talk about let's talk about something fun let's talk about what we're doing let's not go in real depth before we get off the show let's just kind of talk because we have since we started about a year ago a little over a year ago we just had our year anniversary show uh, we've done a lot. Uh, Dave's got another book out. You've had two books out since we started, right? Yeah, uh, I've had two books and two short stories yeah. that uh, I've published since we started. And I have a third book See? that's already written. See? So, uh, you know, uh, we've got those going out. We've got a shit ton of shows now. You know what? I mean, we built really... Uh, once we expanded it out and we did, we like to do the podcast show because Dave and I like to smoke a lot of weed and we like to talk about things after we smoke weed, but we're so much more than just two stoner dudes and we can't smoke weed on all the shows, but we've definitely expanded out and we've got more shows. Uh, we got a website. I mean, things are popping off. Don't you feel like Dave? Oh man, you uh, straight killed it on the, the website. So I have to give you some huge props on that. Um, what's really cool is that we have shows on our, our network now that have nothing to do with us, which is pretty cool. And, you know, we have some diversity in here. We have some, we have women ha talking, we have a show with the, the women, the uh, reality bites is great. I mean, diversity, right. we're, we're so woke. What can I say? Yeah, no, totally. And, and it's, and it's fun. This is what we want to do. We like the idea of people, uh, being able to express themselves, being able to promote their, uh, their shit and people who just, uh, are creative people. And yeah, we do. We have Santori is doing, uh, I'm, we're so glad Santori what now moved into this visual format. It's a very funny show. It's probably ego inside is probably our most popular live watch show that we actually have on there. And I actually cross cross promote him on less channels. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, we're very thankful that we have Santori on our uh, he's network. A, he's bringing a, a lot of uh, fans with him. I mean, he's very popular and he's a hell of a good dude. So we're very lucky to have him on our network and he yeah, is yeah. kind of leading into, uh, I know what you want to, announced but it's you know he's a good dude and so uh we have some really cool shit coming up for mr santori yeah no we're definitely um with go check out the trucky pacific page i think it's shared on mile high podcast as well but it's the santori project you heard us talk about it go back and listen to some of our old audio files it's 
it's coming out. It's going to be in a little different form than we initially thought, but uh, this is going to be something that is worth your time to look at. And it's going to be more in a, uh, I almost want to say movie form or a series form. It's going to, it, it's going to feel different than this. It won't be this. It won't be us talking to the camera. If, if you want to see Santori talk to the camera, though, he still does that Wednesday nights, but it won't be this. It'll be something different than that. Um, but we got a lot of this, too. We're talking reality shows. Dave, you're bringing back the review show, right? Yeah, I'm actually bringing it back. It's going to be me and my kid. And so we're going to go through just some movies. Like we uh, went and saw Tenet. Uh, I was talking about, and I, I'll definitely review that with uh, him because we both are very polar on our, uh, on our, uh, on Tenet. We're very polar opposite on uh, what we liked about that movie or didn't like. Um, so we're going to bring that back and uh, then we'll talk about some eighties movies. I'm going to make him watch some of my old movies like the wizard nice. and uh, labyrinth movies like that. And uh, review those. Have him watch uh, Return to Oz. That's on Disney Plus. That's a messed up movie. <laughs> All right. That'll, that'll be on our agenda. Have you seen Return to Oz? I have not. I heard it was creepy. Oh, yeah. You should both watch Return to Oz and review that. I challenge you on that. Um, maybe you and I can do that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no. I, I Yeah, maybe we'll do a live stream one night where everybody watches Return to Oz. Um but yeah, that's pretty much it. It was a political show. Um, sorry that it was, but we had to talk about it a little bit because it, things are important to talk about right now. But if uh, you want to know more about us, go to trainingpacific.com. It has all the information that you need to know about us. Uh, I don't have that piece of paper that I normally have in front of me, Dave, so I don't know what else our emails are, but they're all on Trucking Pacific. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's the Mahai, the Mahai podcast at gmail.com as well as truckypacific at gmail.com. And, you know, we're doing all this shit. We're coming up. We got Santori Project coming. Um, but right now we're doing it all for free, and I want to get paid for this. I'm not, I didn't start a, a podcast, and we didn't start a production company because uh, we we like doing it for free, man. We want you to help pay for us. So if you can go to at Truckee Pacific 303, that's our Venmo. Just throw us a couple bucks, and we're going to have a fundraiser here in the next uh, month or so because we need to – we want to upgrade some of our equipment and our software, and we want to get uh, Santori on the road so we can start filming Santori projects. So at Truckee Pacific 303, that's our Venmo. There you go. We should have a commercial. I'm going to make a commercial. I made a lot of other things. I'm just going to make Rookie one. About Pacific. Like, give us money. <laughs> give yeah. us money. But that's how you get to see, keep seeing stuff like this. And it, we can make it better. Imagine if it was better. Imagine how, how much you like it right now, as shitty as it is. Imagine if it was better. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we need, weed is expensive, man. Weed is right. very expensive. And we're right. working that shit out. So right. pay for our weed. If for anything, there you go. pay for our weed. Right? It was all an elaborate plan, but we still ain't got that weed paid for yet or that sponsorship where they just sent us weed. But it's coming. Um, yeah, but that's how you get a hold of us. There's our Venmo. Uh, go to truckingpacific.com. Like, share, subscribe. There are probably Here's buttons. the bell. Hit subscribe. Uh, hit the notification thing. Uh, you know, One you're, of these you're, places. 
Yeah, you guys are young kids. You, you're smart. You know right. technology. You know all this shit. You're proficient on the YouTube. All right, that is it. We will be next, back next week with special guest Courtney Gunn and somebody else that I don't know who our fourth person will be, but we'll see. And we're going to be talking about cartoons. Cartoons. The week, we get to that. We go to James's games, and we and the week after that, maybe we have stand up. Who knows? But definitely, we got things going the next two weeks. Dave. Always a pleasure, man. Yeah, it was good talking to you. I know it was a little bit more of a, a serious show, but you know that's that's what we do. We don't we're not pigeonholed into one specific type of show. So you know sometimes we have to talk about shit like this. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes that's just what the world needs us to do. All right, everybody, thank you. Good night. Have a good night, guys. This has been a Truckee Pacific production. For sponsorship inquiries and comments, go to the Mile High Podcast at gmail.com.